Hey, thanks for tuning in to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. This is episode number 36. 46. 36. 46. Yeah, 36. Back, back with me, time. My, <laughs> with me, my co-captain as always. Scott Larson. Hey, Scott. And let's talk about the friends of the podcast. I, I, I'll, th- I'll shoot out a couple. If I miss a couple, you let me know. Sure. So uh, first and foremost, if you haven't been living under a rock, you have seen that Avengers premiums come out. Uh, Avengers Infinity Quest, Guns N' Roses. Um, we're still on the cusp of maybe, I don't know, uh, CGC coming out with something. And uh, if you're looking for that new game, go to Flippin' Out. Zach Mini and Nicole Mini will get you taken care of. They've got some wonderful machines there. And uh, I've already I've got a pro Jurassic Park coming on the way this this next week. Uh, nice. Zach's got, yeah, Zach's got me taken care of. I've, I'm very happy with the service. He's gotten me taken care of on everything. Uh, you know, I, I had some issues with my turtles play field and he, he got it resolved. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Great customer service. Um, we've got Brian Allen with Flyland designs. If you haven't checked out his artwork, you should go check it out. He just came out with some new, uh, art blades for attack for mars and for monster bash and they look amazing coupled with his translites yeah so go I, check I those actually, out i messaged him and said you need to do it for medieval madness because i will put it in my game so i agree and then brad hunter with lit frames that man's lit frames look fantastic i got mine on the wall right here got turned on with the total nuclear annihilation sorry total annihilation wait fudge total, <laughs> total nucle- nucle- nuclear no annihilation nu- nuclear it's nuclear yes. yeah nuclear annihilation in it and it looks fantastic um this week in pinball if you're looking for your updated news you want all the the scoops up front go to this week in pinball very uh non-biased wonderful stuff so if you're looking for that newsworthy stuff you don't really want to scan pin side jeff patterson does all the scanning for you and gives you the update at the end of the on on mondays tuesdays what is it thursdays now it seems like he's always updating that stuff he seems so. to always be doing stuff so yeah all things and then, i i who else we got here scott so a uh, good friend timothy purcell he has his uh, blog the pinballloft.com and he got an Avengers. Actually, I talked him into an Avengers. I tipped him off that it was going to be an Elwin and a Yeti game. And so he got in on the LE action. So you can go and read his review on the uh, Avengers LE and see what he thinks about it. After, obviously, we talk about it tonight. Heck yes. And that, that brings us to a good point. Let's talk about what's been going on in our pinball lives because we've done a couple interviews these last couple weeks. And we haven't really talked about what we've been doing uh, with pinball personally so what's been going on with you scott well you know what so i did have a small unboxing party uh we are spiking corona wise in utah and so uh, it seems a common thread is if there's food involved but i was having people come over to help me move something so i you know i was trying to have food so we cooked the food, but we did wear masks and opened up uh, Avengers. I brought it downstairs to my basement down the stairs of death. And then uh, we did food, but I had hand sanitizer at the beginning. And so they would do that because obviously you're going to touch the same spoon and utensils and serving things all the way down. So that was fun. Uh, I had a few people come out and help me move that. Also, X-Men is going uh, away. I've 
I think emotionally, I've just gone through X-Men and there's not really much else I'm going to do with that game. So there's only so much space. And I think that's part of the pinball journey is being able to figure out how to buy and sell. Uh, selling is the hardest part for me, uh, as I've said before. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really have three new games. Well, three relatively new games that I still have yet to scratch the surface on code. I have Jurassic Park, I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I have Infinity Quest. And uh, that's really my pinball update. What about you, Josh? So um, I just got a random bug the other day, and I decided it's time. It's time to get rid of an attack from Mars. I, I'm kind of like you, where what needs to stay, what needs to go, or you're emotionally done with it. Attack from Mars took on the role of of Grail Pin for a long time for me, along with Medieval Madness, and I had a Revenge for Mars for the longest time. And if you've never played a Revenge for Mars, besides the the screen that comes down onto the playfield, there's not really much difference because I mean, besides it being a little smaller, it's it's flipped. It's just a mirrored playfield, so like Tron is to X Men, mm-hmm. um, but you get kind of the same feel of it. And I've enjoyed it. I've had my Attack from Mars for almost three years now. And so I have a really small collection and I sold Monster Bash back in June to get turtles. I got some money left over. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get rid of from Tack for Mars. I got the JP Pro coming and I've got Avengers Premium coming. And so I go for my three to four uh, collection. And then I bought, I don't know if we talked about this, but I got a lethal weapon and a Flintstones within that time too, within the last couple months. Uh, bought them with just the sole intention of of selling them. I know that's terrible of me, but I figured I'd never played these games. I heard they're fantastic. I'll keep them for a couple weeks, then I'll put them up for sale. And they sold quick and without hesitation. And people jumped on them, and so they're both gone now. Uh, both families that got them are very happy with them. And I think it's because man, prices are going crazy right now for the used market on pinball machines. It's ridiculous. Right, which is why I really need to jump on it and list a few of my games. So like attack from Mars, you helped me sell it. Uh, I posted it at what? Nine, 10 on like a Thursday or Friday night. And it was sold by 10 o'clock that night. Yeah. And and I actually, this is a friend who I've uh, gotten to know. Uh, He's a, he's a new guy in the pinball, uh, in the pinball field. He lives close to us, but I kind of got acquainted through him um, through, (laughs) Uh, just uh, through the podcast, actually. So um, it was it was kind of fun that we were able to do it. It's uh, uh, Tom and Tony, and it just it just works out really well that uh, Tony uh, Tony's been kind of a a good friend that I'd met through the podcast, and we've uh, been talking a lot. And he's he's on the medical side, and so we have a little common thing. And he said his friend Tom was really interested in getting into pinball. And he talked him into buying a Jurassic Park premium. So we had been messaging back and forth, but we really hadn't actually gotten together since uh, you know COVID ha- happened and I really wasn't doing anything all summer. So it was a f- first time for him to come out. But yeah, it was uh, Tom who really, he's going through the growing, uh, the, the growing rocket ship of collecting. And so I think he's bought about uh, four or five games this year. Uh, he picked nice. up he picked up Wizard of Oz too, by the way. Dang, yeah. nice. So I was like, he's just he's just buying the expensive pins, apparently. <laughs> well, and a couple other things too. Um, I I found 
I don't know if I subscribed to them or followed them a while ago, but have you ever heard of Don't Panic Flip? No. Tell so me about they them. are they are a streaming channel and they've teamed up with TPN and so they stream via TPN now. Um I honestly don't know the gentleman's name, but they're fun to watch. And it was funny because I was sitting there, we're chit-chatting, and uh, someone in the the chat was like, is this the Loser Kids from like Loser Kid Pinball Podcast? And I was like, yeah. And the gentleman's like, I love your show. I had to go pick up a pinball machine. It was a five-hour round trip. So for five hours straight, that's all I listened to was Loser Kid. And I, I felt very appreciative okay. of that. That was really cool. You know, I want to apologize for. I hope he didn't drive off the road as we lulled him to sleep. We don't. <laughs> we don't have quite the energy level of most of the pinball podcasts out there. So, but one of the reasons I checked them out is, um, I got my new JP Pro coming, and this last week someone had dropped new code that took all the animations and put in the movie clips, and they added some of the orchestra music into there as well and i was like this code i've got to see this code and so don't panic flip's been streaming it and anonymous if you haven't checked either either one of them out you can go to their past twitch streams and they've they've streamed them both and then if you want to get the code it's on pin side i can't remember exactly the thread but look up it's just like movie clip jurassic park thread and he's done it for the premium le and one for the pro and so very nice, very nice gentleman. Uh, he's he we talked and he got me taken care of. Oh, nice. So, OK, so uh, g- let's give him a shout out. My problem is I really don't uh, I'm I'm more likely to listen to a podcast than I am to listen to watch a, a Twitch stream or something like that, because my kids uh, are usually all over me when I get home. So uh, let's uh, give them a shout out again, please. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the his name is, Tim. <laughs> he's he goes by Tim. Law 79 on pin side. So T-I-M-L-A-H 79. Uh, just tell him you're interested in the JP code. He'll get you taken care of. Hmm. So I, I would actually be interested. Like, I wonder if it works for the LE. I actually. It does. Yes. You know, here's the funny thing. Uh, I am not as bothered by, uh, by not having the assets in the screen. And I, I've, I've realized that theme is a big part for me, but I didn't feel that Jurassic Park was missing anything because I felt that it was the perfect approach of being involved in the movie without being just following the same path. You know, that's the the Ghostbusters problem, right? Where, yeah. OK, who brought the dog? And then you, you're just all you're doing is marching through the movie. Uh, yeah. I felt that the way they did Jurassic Park was brilliant and just uh, it was kind of a free flow of, yes, you're trying to work to the visitor center and then you're trying to run from the visitor center, but it's not the, you know, it's not the same generic thing. So I didn't feel like I missed anything. And I, I would even say the same thing about uh, the new custom code for turtles where they've taken the clips from the old show and put them in there. I, I don't feel like I've missed anything, but maybe that's just, you know, some people it, it's a big deal and some people it's not, I guess it's not a big deal for me, but I'd be interested in trying it out. What, what do you think, Josh? Uh, I'd definitely say go watch it first. See what your thoughts are. I'm kind of on the same way. Um, I, I've been playing my turtles a lot and I've never converted over to the, the TV show clips, even though they're integrated really, really well. And it's because really the only time I'm looking at the screen is when the ball stops and it starts an episode or when it finishes an episode. 
And those are so quick or I skip them that it doesn't really matter. I very rarely look at the screen besides the fact of, you know, when pizza parlor multiball starts and it tells you, hey, this is the toppings you've got or um, but but like with Jurassic Park in that case, it shows you movie clips, but it's also integrated with the original animations because you still need the map. You still need to see like catching the dinosaurs and stuff like that. And so it can't do that all from the movie. And so it's integrated really well from what I could tell. People are loving it. Uh, I know Tommy with this flipping podcast. Uh, I think he's considering getting it for location, just because when you when you change something up a little bit, it, it reignites people wanting sure. to play it. Sure, that's fun. Yeah, um, I get it. And a lot of people, everyone I've talked to, has just ranted and raved about. It. They love it. And so, like I said, if you want to check it out, um, I know he has some disclaimers or something. I don't know. Go go talk to him. Well, he has. Don't, yeah. The bottom line is it has to be basically a, a custom fan project. He can't take money from it uh, because Correct. otherwise and it's he's copyright infringement. And yeah, it's yeah. usually a passion project just to do some fun stuff. So yeah, and that's hey, what I, it is. We're always happy to hey uh, find your own thing. Like I put a, an alternate back glass in my medieval madness because I I just wanted to have it for fun. So yeah, yep. So. And I mean, that that's pretty much uh, my pinball for the last couple of weeks. It's, I don't know, it's been fun. Like, oh, and I just remembered I, I was doing a job. So we have, I live in the biggest city in our, oh, we call it the Tri-County area, but it covers a little bit more because we're right on the Colorado border. Uh, I went across the border to a town called Rangeley and I ran into, we don't really call them competitors around here because there's, there's enough work for everyone. And so... Uh, if you're respecting of that person, you, you know, they're just another person you see at the warehouse when you go to pick up supplies. Well, I ran into, uh, another HVAC guy and I got taught, we got talking pinball and he's like, you work on those. And I said, yeah. And he's like, really? He's like, I got two in my shop. You want to come take a look at them? And I said, sure, let's go take a look. And so we went and looked at him and he collects cars. That's his thing. But what happened was is he did a job and the guy couldn't pay and the guy was moving and he said, Hey, I've got a couple pinball machines in my garage or in my storage. You can have them if they will, you know, take care of the rest of the price. And so we got in there and I'm always thinking it's going to be some like EM that's not, no one wants, you know, and he had a future spa and a black Knight sitting there. <laughs> and wow. so I looked, I looked at him and like, dude, these are two decent games. I mean, this is early, late seventies, early nine or eighties and, and they're good games. And he said, well, if you help me fix them up, you can keep one and I'll have the other. Wow. So, okay. I'm like, sold. So he's actually moved to Vernal, the bigger city. And so I'm going to help him move them, move them over this week. And uh, I'm going to convince him to let me have the Black Knight because not because it's worth more, but I, I have a family friendly home. Have you seen Future Spa? <laughs> okay. Actually, I've never played a Future Spa. So tell me about how awesome uh, it is. Fantastic gameplay terrible artwork in my opinion you've got a bunch of people working out in bikinis and speedos Uh, and then for some odd reason the artist painted himself on the back glass butt naked but he's got water covering him watching a woman shower that's kind of creepy it is kind of creepy and i didn't know this till kate martin our friend kate uh had posted i can't remember she posted this it was but she showed the picture and said that was the artist that's staring at the girl showering. I'm like, why would you do that? Hey, 70s were a different time, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those where I think you can recognize the history of pinball and I guess kind of accept it for what it was. But also I would 
you know, this will get uh, <laughs> this will get to be a later conversation is that I would think that we've kind of moved on into, I would say, a modern uh, interpretation of what's appropriate and what's not. So, yep, I agree. Yeah. So, well, let's let's move on really quick. I want to talk about people okay, have been asking one us. Thing, okay, oh, one thing ahead. is totally interesting is like the pinball expo is going on right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have been so busy at work this week that I have not been able to tune in at all for anything. So, Josh, is there anything that you know of that's like I I was just kind of glancing through everything. I'm like, I really wish that I knew more about this, but I just have been so busy. I don't know. Honestly, every time I tune in, it's it's just two dudes sitting there talking about pinball. It's it's almost like a live stream of, of a podcast. So you're saying it's super situation. boring to listen to two dudes talking about pinball. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've okay. been good. They've been good. I mean, you, they've had American. You are a show right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is they, they've been good. Um, they had American Pinball on Josh Kugler sure. and uh, I think Joe Balser and mm-hmm. I yeah. can't remember who else was there. But they all sat there and chit chatted. The problem is, is I've been watching via like Dead Flip and, right. and other people that are watching with it, and so it doesn't help when you have a running commentary along with what's going on. So I guess it's like if me and you were talking while our audience that's listening is like talking to each other, saying, "Hey, these guys are idiots," and uh, yeah, and, you know, I don't know. It, so. It's just kind of hard. It, it's kind of hard to get engaged. I guess I'll put it that way. At, at least if you're yes. listening to us talk then we're kind of giving you a recap and maybe our take on it, but it's, it's not the same. And I, and I feel bad for them because I'm glad that they're trying to do this because this is something that's interesting. Uh, but maybe it's, it's hard to get the same sort of vibe because when you're attending in person, it's, it, it's fun because you're seeing friends. It's a social thing. And if you're yes. streaming it, it's, it's different. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that I think you've hit the head, the nail right on the head is it's it's hard to interact with people when your event is solely for people to interact with each other. And so and the numbers haven't been like they're still good. I mean, they're getting 100, you know, 100, 150 viewers is when I've been watching. Yeah, that's and that's not including good. the people, yeah. the people watching via dead flip and all those that are that are restreaming it verse via their stream as well. So, well, it, it would be nice. To, uh, I, I will go in and check out some of the. Uh, extra stuff so cool um and i haven't noticed any big announcements from expo yet uh i could be entirely wrong and people are like dude but we are recording friday night um and they've just been expo's just kind of starting today so like they've they've done the last two nights but from my understanding there's nothing been revealed because we still might have a cgc reveal we might have uh i can't remember who else is who's on the list so, well, yeah, definitely not I, spooky. Yeah, I was looking at everything. So, so tomorrow, I'm looking at uh, Tilt Haggis Pinball Arcade uh, Borg, and then and, and now the Borg. Yeah, so yeah. Steve Ritchie's talking. I mean, so I think they're doing as good as they possibly can. Yeah. So that reminds me, what whatever happened to the pinball circus people? They had they had you know what? Mafia ready to go like a year ago. Not Mafia. What is it? The one that. Mark Ritchie made. 
It's the, the Capcom, the Capcom. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Kingpin. 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 Yes. Like, whatever happened to Kingpin, and they're also going to do Pinball Circus. And then, like, we haven't heard anything for two, three years now. You know, I think it just shows that pinball's hard. And when you're trying to I build agree. something, even like an established one, there's capital involved. And when you're trying to do something, especially like a two-man operation, which it seems like it is, it's kind of hard when it's your hobby. Uh, I mean, even, uh, you know, Keith and Randy, they were doing, uh, they were doing Archer in their spare time. And it was like four years. Yep. Just And that was just a kind of a Whitewood with their, you know, their own way of doing it. But it's, yeah. 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 What are you talking about? Keith has made pinball easy, man. He's cranking those out once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So, Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So from our last episode with Zombie Yeti, people have messaged us about the BYU professor story. And I decided we might as well just to tell this on air because it's kind of a crazy story from my perspective. I, I didn't know that you actually, he was one of your professors. And yeah. so uh, kind of interesting. So I want you to start the story and then I'll, I'll take it from where we discussed. And I have not actually told Scott this story. So everything he hears is first time. Yeah. I So I, I did mechanical engineering at BYU. And one of my professors, he taught solid state. Uh, basically, he was a steel guy. So... If you are ever really bored, um, you can look at a phase diagram of steel um, and you will actually understand why steel is so complex. And it depends on um, it depends on how it's cooled and the temperature and how long it's there. And it really uh, does you know, in the kind of the temperature and the carbon weight. And so there's like a crazy amount of, uh, of physical uh, chemistry that goes into how uh, steel is the quality steel. So that's a long answer to say that it's uh, that that was the entire class is talking about how to use steel okay. uh, for, for different things. And he was the professor. He was kind of a, interesting guy though um he was one of these guys who was uh one of these older professors who had been there for a long time and uh and had a lot of interesting views on, on life and okay. uh a little bit more of a I, I guess kind of out there um okay i don't want to say like a he was a country boy i guess but you know, it was always one of those things where you're kind of on the fringe of what a standard, I won't say normal, but I'll just say like a standard interpretation of, of laws and uh, life and the stability of the government would be like, I don't okay. want to call him, I don't want to call yeah. him a conspiracy theorist, but he seemed a little bit kind of one of those, uh, you know, make sure eccentric. you're eccentric. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll put it that way. Eccentric. And so just randomly, um, I found out like 10 years later that I saw in the news that he was killed. He had his throat slit and his son was a, a drug. He, he had a lot of history with drugs. And so okay. the cops thought that his son was involved uh, for money or something. And so 
they uh, they interviewed him and he said, no, there were two other guys that were there. And they said, everyone says it's always two other guys. And so uh, they put him in jail and he was in jail for about a year. And then later I found out that Vernal uh, teased into it. And apparently this guy had a really exotic gun collection. Uh, and yes, that and, and at least the story that I heard that I'm sure you'll be able to fill the end of the story is that they arrested these guys from Vernal, who ended up actually tying him up and killing him and stealing his guns. And so yes. so they let the guys, uh, the son and his wife or, or girlfriend out of jail. But it was just one of those things that just seemed a little bit out of Tiger King. So yeah. I don't I don't know. I, that's pretty much all I heard about the story, but I just thought it was just so bizarre. So our high school here isn't it doesn't have a lot of money like we still get good money and our high school is big but i took cad key for those that have never done cad key you get to design stuff actually they do it in pinball you design stuff and then you can actually print it out 3d and we didn't have enough computers and so we had to double up on partners and i doubled up with a gentleman named marty bond and marty was never really at school and I really enjoyed doing CAD key. It came really easy to me. I don't know what it was, but I just, I was able to whip stuff out really quick. And we only had half the work for the semester because we had to split the computer and the teacher couldn't do a full work semester on us. And so he never showed up, never showed up. So I did all of his work on top of my work. And he showed up one day freaking out. He's, he's already failing his other classes. He's afraid he's going to fail this class. And I do. I told him, dude, just calm down, calm down. Like, I've already done all your work. Don't worry about it. And he's like, you're, you're joking me. And I said, no, like I had nothing else to do. This was back before smartphones. So a lot of you can relate. I had literally nothing else to do besides read books and may do homework from other classes. And so I just did his work because it, it was easy. And so he said, Josh, if you ever need it, I'm, I'm planning on becoming an assassin when I grow up. And if you ever need me to, I will kill someone for you. But the caveat is if I get caught, you go down with me. And we kind of laughed about it, right? Like, I'm like, whatever. Like, no one no one ever seriously grows up to be an assassin, right? Like, it's not what you do with your life. And so fast forward a few years later, and I run into Marty in Walmart. And we get reminiscent about the old days in high school and whatnot. And I bring up this this part of the story. I say, hey, you remember when you said you'd kill anyone for me? And, you know, it's on the house because I did all that homework for you. And, you know, if I ever need it, I chuckled. And he, he gave me this really nervous laugh. And he's like, well, I got to get going. And he left. It was even two months later. They arrested him and another guy for the murder of the professor. And here I am. And, and like you said, they took the son and the girlfriend into jail because they thought it was them. So he had been running around for at least six months. He'd already murdered this dude and hadn't been caught yet. And here I'm joking with the murderer about killing people. Yeah. That's kind of messed <laughs> that's up. The, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the end of my story. So. Wow. Needless to say, I haven't talked to him since then, and that's probably for the best. But it always made me laugh because, like, do you ever listen to Dane Cook? Do you remember that comedian from 2000s? Uh, yeah, apparently the guy that got uh, accused of stealing a lot of jokes from other uh, comedians. 
that guy. So he had yeah. a joke where he said that there's always that one guy at work that you never know if he's going to come to to work with a shotgun the next day. So yeah. always come to work with a Snickers and give him a Snickers. So that way, when he actually does show up with the shotgun, he gets right, to your yeah. get to your cubo cubicle. And go, oh, thanks for the Snickers, and he, he he keeps on going. And so I feel like this was my. I gave the dude the Snickers so I could live kind of thing. <laughs> Either that or he's like, dude, this guy definitely going to kill people. So uh, wow. okay. the fact that he said, when I grow up, I want to be a, it, it, that seems straight out of gross point blank. You know, when he goes back for his reunion, people are like, yeah, uh, what are you doing? He's like, I'm a professional killer. Like, do you get dental? Do you get dental with that? You know, it's, Yeah. <laughs> Cause no one actually thinks it's serious. Cause that's crazy. Well, I never took him seriously because he joked about either being an assassin or a porn star. So seriously, how can you how can you take someone seriously like that? You know, it sounds like one of those seventies B movies right there. He's an assassin porn star. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. But, but I hope that appeases your guys' appetite about the BYU professor story. So Oh yeah. And I the sad thing is I think that this guy was a super nice guy, but I think he was kinda you know, you know, when you get really deep into a strange hobby and having exotic guns, like maybe weaponry, you may want to be careful about who you're associating with. Yeah, just I just agree. A, just a pro tip, you know, just uh, find out. Well, first off, ask if you're a killer and they have to, by law, uh, answer you appropriately. Yes. And yeah, so, geez, that is nuts. <laughs> Yeah, what they had done, they they had killed him. They took all of his guns. We have a place here called Remember the Main. It's it's a a park, but it's up a canyon, and so it's you guys have one there by Lehigh. It's it's down Provo Canyon. It's similar to that. You're in the canyon next to the river, kind of thing. And yeah. so they taken they they taken their guns up to Remember the Main and buried them there. And they were going to leave them there till everything kind of cooled off and and went away. And and they never got the opportunity. They they got caught and. They went and uncovered the guns up there. Remember the main. So, yeah, I don't think this guy was very smart and just kind of no, that's no. nuts. Okay, so okay, he did so have an accomplice, but the accomplice ratted out and told it. He said it was all Marty's idea, and yeah. So, but that's it. That's the story. Wow. So okay, all right. Sounds crazy. <laughs> so let's let's move on. You got your Avengers. I want to know how this plays. Like people are dying to know how Avengers plays. So I truly feel that Keith was setting out and I, I, we really will, we'll reach out to Keith and we'd love to have him on uh, maybe when it's uh, getting to 1.0 code. Uh, so he can talk we had Jurassic Park when it was 1.0 code. So it was actually great because we were able to talk about the nuances of everything. This feels like he's going for an epic Lord of the Rings journey. Um, if you, if you watched, he posted on Facebook one time uh, about the outlanes and he says he pointed to the screw and he's like, don't move this. And I was like, huh, that's interesting because it's actually stock. It comes with the outlines kind of closed off. Yes. So you can have a longer game and I don't know what he's figured out with his shots, but with Jurassic Park, I felt like. There's the the left ramp, which is super easy to, to hit. The right ramp is still kind of hard for me to hit, but I can get it. And that uh, Raptor Tower is, it's still kind of a luck shot for me. Um, <laughs> Between just, Raptor and O-Shot? 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's just hard because this is the challenge with upper flippers is that it's usually the ball is going screaming fast past it that you're just trying to blindly flip as fast as you can to time it. And it usually doesn't really go that that easily. Um, and that could be a design issue. <coughs> that could be designed to be able to say, well, it's a challenging shot and you need to earn it. Or you could say that it's um, that maybe there's a way that you could make that upper flipper more uh, repeatable. Yeah. So on Avengers, one of the ramps is really well designed. It's the banana ramp that you shoot and it goes up and it comes and it makes kind of like a Nike swoosh and drops above the flipper, but it starts rolling almost like uh, in Jurassic Park where the up post on the left flipper, how it goes up and it stalls the ball and then it starts rolling. So it gives you a consistent shot. So you have that. And so the, you can do like multiple, multiple shots up there and it's just really interesting that you can use the upper flipper and the upper flipper is quite, uh, it feels just like another flipper. Uh, the shots are, feel so good in that they're, they're kind of where you feel like they should be. And yeah. I know that they move shots around all the time, but at least the way I play it, it feels like when I'm trying to hit the Avengers tower, I can hit it almost every time. And if I'm trying to hit, the um, the Captain Marvel ramp. I can hit it about every time. So it just feels like either I'm dialed into this or it's dialed in. Uh, th- the it, It's crazy complex and that it just seems like there's so much to do in the game. Uh, still haven't quite figured out, like when you hit it in the, um, in the subway, so, you know, you activate the, the spinning ring, the Sorcerer Supreme spinning ring, and it uh-huh. opens up like uh, Circus Voltaire and then it drops down there. But I don't know if at some point uh, you will be able to see all the balls locked under there, but it just seems like it it advances the balls right now. And so I, and maybe I haven't been playing it a lot. I actually did get a GC. Very nice. Uh, and I don't know if that's because I'm, if the GCs are exceptionally low, which is entirely possible or that not maybe all of the code is in there with the way, the way the balls are locked in the subway. Cause I think the, the whole point of that is to give you a visual cue on, Hey, you have all these balls locked. Um, I also haven't, uh, Keith put a video out there that said, you know, his favorite thing to do. And it has, uh, the balls that are locked up into the tower and they were kind of locked together, like two balls dangling. And I, I've i locked balls, but it almost seems like a virtual lock right now, where I, I get up there and it gets it and that drops it down. Um, well, but, Keith has mentioned you, you have to do very, something very specific to be able to get two balls to lock okay. up in there. Like well, that. I haven't figured so. that out. And, I, you know, one day when I'm as good as Keith, I'll be able to figure that out. Um, <laughs> but no, it just it feels like a fun game. And if you look at the lower play field, uh, you know, there are so like attack from Mars, how it seems like all the balls are funneled to go straight down the middle. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a drain monster. This doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's intended to have the ball play longer. 
So it, it it has that, you know how Lord of the Rings, how I'm not saying Lord of the Rings is an easy game. It's not. But the intent is to have the ball play longer because there's so much in the game that they want you to experience more. Um, Correct. Yes. If they if and conversely, when I play Turtles, Turtles is really hard and it still is it's really very hard brutal. Yes. So it feels kind of nice to have that game that is uh, that's designed to have you explore it a lot more and to get deeper into the game. And and Keith has told us that he doesn't want games to last. You know, he said, I want you to get to the end of the game in 20 to 30 minutes. So, yeah. you know, Valinor, it takes two hours to get there. Um, so I feel that it really is my go to game right now. Uh, going it just awesome. feels so good you feel like a pinball god playing this game and it, it it may actually be kind of up there as what game do you want to play uh, i want to play that one awesome well and i'm excited for this so i i decided i would watch till the actual stream i know like the ellie's sold out however ridiculously fast they did but i wanted to see actual gameplay and after watching Keith and Raymond Davidson play, I just decided this was this was what I was getting. And the funny part is that stuff premiered what not even a week after the actual reveal trailer. Yeah. And I, I messaged Zach and I said, "Hey, I want to get on the uh, I want to get a premium. When are we looking?" And he's like, uh, "Dude, like December." I'm like, "We're we're in September though." <laughs> and he's like yeah premiums are ridiculous right now and last time i can't remember if it was zach i talked to we still talked to jj at, at game exchange a lot too one of them said like premiums are out to like march right now that's crazy like have has any other game ever had this kind of lead time uh i i don't know like but it's it's great to hear that the game is doing wonderfully i haven't heard a negative thing about it yet it just it astounds me because Jurassic Park came out a year ago and people are like, this is amazing. I don't know how Keith does it. How is he ever going to top this? And now I look at Avengers and and with you and your positive review and other people I've spoke to that just love it. Pro premium. Everyone's loving it. And it's it's seriously like I don't know how Keith does it. It, it just it's it's amazing. So, yeah, it, it, well, it's he's taking it new directions. So this is the reason why you need new designers. You can't. You know, I love Steve Ritchie, but you can't just have Steve Ritchie designing pinball machines for 30 years because at some point you get you're kind of chasing yourself. Yeah. And and so if you had Ritchie and Borg and and all the people who have been doing it for a long time, you kind of get in ruts. And it's not it's not bad because I think they were making great games, mm -hmm. but they uh, they tend to you want to play it safe because you're selling pinball machines. And if you make a weird pinball machine like WWE and no one buys it, then it's a big financial hit. So I totally understand that. Um, but it's nice to see what he and Eric are doing since they are the, the new guys on the block and what they are uh, moving. Uh, they're moving the needle on what it means to design a pinball machine. No, and I agree with you. And I think the thing is, too, with Keith is he's taking old concepts and breathing new life into them something as simple as let's take jurassic park for example you hit so many shots it keeps lighting them at the spinner and it gives you what is it like i don't know if it times the spinner or what it does but when you hit that hit spinner finally 
it just and you get all those points it's fantastic yeah. i mean look at the uh the bingo card we haven't seen a bingo card in years and i think it's because it they they're kind of difficult to deal with on certain certain games but this way it's just so straightforward and whatnot it's amazing it just i don't know there's there's just certain aspects keith has latched onto and it's like well has why has no one done this and tried it this way and i think that's just it's great to have that in pinball now don't get me wrong i love steve Ritchie. i love lyman sheets i love i love all those guys i love all the designers the coders and stuff but i feel like Keith and his team is taking a new direction and it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. I think it's also inspiring the other guys too. It's, um, yes. it's one of those where, you know, it, you've seen teams where you get a new guy on, you're like, you know what, I can do that or I can do something else. And so it really does push them. So I think it's good. Well, let's take turtles for example. Um, you know, cause I, I'm pretty for sure Keith helped a little bit. You know, they all help. They all go up to the machine and say, hey, this is what you can do. But Turtles does feel different from a Borg. I mean, it still plays like a Borg. It's fast. It's, but I just, I don't look at Turtles and go, yeah, that's Tron. Yeah, that's Metallica. Yeah, that's... Because a lot of people are afraid of that. I know when, when we talked about Turtles a year and a half ago, uh, people were like, well, we don't want it to be Metallica Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. We want mm-hmm. we want something fresh and new, and I feel like it is that with turtles. It's brutal. It's fast. It kicks you in the teeth, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, speaking of new and fresh, then we just had Guns and Roses released. Holy crap! W- where do we even start with this? Where do you want to start with it? Okay, I'm going to start with the best PR release on a pinball machine so far. I agree. Now, I, do you I, think? Now, I will say that also. It helps that you have an iconic soundtrack like Guns N' Roses being able to play in the background. And so you have the model playing the game and she's having a great time and she's dancing to Welcome to the Jungle. And yeah, it it does make it really good. And mm-hmm. so and I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, if they were able to be using some sort of, I don't know, some sort of assistance or suggestions from Guns N' Roses because they're in the promotion business uh, to be able to get something together. But that trailer was great. And I thought that Stern had done a great job up till now. And I think JJP took it to a next level on this one. I agree. And I want to, I want to commend Kim Cronwell um, and all those that are involved with this. I mean, I, I don't know if it's strictly because of Ken, like you said, I don't know if it's because, you know, Guns N' Roses have some PR presence and whatnot. Slash has been very involved with this project. Uh, it just, from day one, I feel like this has definitely set a new standard of the way that pinball machines should be revealed. And that's just yeah. me. So, and it, it's it, the really cool part is, is the community involvement in it. How hard is it to call up Buffalo and say, hey, we know that you've bought all of our games. We know you're going to buy this one. We'll give you a couple days lead time. You won't be able to, like, because Kevin said he hadn't even seen this game. He The first time he saw it was when he unboxed it. But he set it up and he did what was hour and a half of play. Yeah. And you've got uh, the Super Awesome Pinball Show doing the interview with Eric Minier. And straight down the middle coming in to do the tour or the uh, the factory going through with Eric and Keith and all them talking about this game. And it's just 
the the marketing for this was spot on. I think they attempted this with Willy Wonka, but it came and it it just didn't hit the mark. But this time it was spot on. And 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 congratulations, my hats is off to you guys. Ken, you did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I, it's the it's the natural progression, right? Uh, we've seen pulling off the sheet at expos. Okay, come up and play it. Okay, that's fun. Um, but everybody's kind of breaking shots and it's, they're trying to figure out games and all that. This is, uh, hey, and it was also, hey, we have them, buy them. Yep. So that that's yeah. that's what you need to do. That 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 is how modern pinball manufacturing has to be. It's, hey, by the way, uh, this is available right now. Go get it. What's crazy to me is, is they've never had a CE sellout, correct? Besides, they never fulfilled all the pirates. pirates that... No, they did. Pirates sold out. But do you count that because they they stopped? Like they they had all those cancellations and then they stopped selling them and stuff like that. Did they stopped. Did they sell out this? I still think they sold out the CE, but I could I could be wrong. But I know that dialed in kind of languished along, and that didn't have the same thing. Um, Will they want us the same way? Yeah, it's certainly having that iconic thing that, I mean, people like the rock experience. They they like that. And so I was, okay, I was surprised because I have bought machines that are around $10,000. And <coughs> and I recognize that I can sell them along when I'm done with them for close to the same figure. I maybe lose a few hundred dollars, but that's the price of renting a game for a while. However, when they started coming out with CEs that are twelve fifty, and add shipping on top of that, so you're really looking at thirteen hundred. I was a little shocked, and I thought I I wouldn't do this, but I can't tell you how many people that I knew that were buying the game who said, "Huh, I'm trying to debate on if I should get the CE." And really? that that was a that was an eye opener for me. Um, there are. I've met some, I guess, some very wealthy pinball collectors just by going, just by meeting them through the hobby. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it does surprise me that there is that market, which I never thought would happen. When Pirates had the collector's edition, I thought, yeah, this is not going to happen. And it does. Now, the, the, the converse thing is that when you're charging that much, you can put more into a game. Yep. So when you're looking at uh, the like the original Iron Man, or you're looking at Tron, which they're great games, but when you compare those games to games now, it's uh, it feels very stripped down. It can still be fun. I'm not saying they're not fun, but I'm saying they're not packed. Yeah. And the. The increase in cost has obviously increased the build the build of materials that the designer is able to put in a machine, which is the reason why you get a game like Guns N' Roses, which is so crazy packed. What what did you think when you first saw Guns N' Roses? You know, honestly, it got me excited. Um, the first first thing I looked at was like after it played and whatnot. Uh, I've discussed this before. I enjoyed Guns N' Roses growing up. I really liked Appetite for Destruction, but I never really considered myself a GNR fan. So that was the problem with this title. I felt like it could go either way. But after the way that they revealed this, I was like, man, I, I had FOMO setting in, right? Fear of missing out real quick. And I was like, well, I really want to see the standard. 
and after seeing that pretty much the upper play field is gone for the standard <laughs> yeah uh i was like well, heck you've got to buy the le if you're going to buy this game and at, at 9500 plus shipping i just i can't like don't get me wrong jjp's great quality they're they're packed games you are getting a fantastic game but i it prices me out of the market i'd i'd rather have a jp pro and a turtles pro for that price i mean you're getting pretty close to two pros um i mean yeah you're spending a couple thousand more but the thing that really spoke to me is i felt like this not was just a gnr pinball machine but it's like a musician pinball machine like I've told you people that I, I played in a band before. I think the biggest concert we ever played was for, was for 3,000 people. No more near the 50 million that GNR has done. But the thing about being on the stage in front of people and trying to encapsulate that is hard, especially if no one's been on the stage to rock out in front of fans. And so I felt like this pinball machine encapsulated that. I love the Gibson head. I love the Fender head. I love the drumsticks. Uh, just even the pop bumpers that are like a drum kit and it's got the hi-hat that moves and it's got the music symbols and it's got the concert footage and it's got i mean this game regardless if you're a guns and roses fan if you're a musician it should speak to you and i feel like it does and it just it is an amazing game but i'm a broke kid so it's, it's out of my league Okay, so let's assume that, uh, well, okay, you could do it if you really wanted to. You could. You could sell sell um, a, two of your games and you could buy it, right? Yes. True. Yes. Yes. So uh, when I say the games that have come out, so you have Avengers, um, yes. the options are would you buy it, would you play it, or would you walk by it at a bar? Like, just, I'm not that interested. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm definitely playing it first. Okay. That's where the hesitation is with me. Like, so, we, so we've this always... Is Guns, just, this is Guns N' Roses or Avengers. Which yes. one? Guns N' Roses. So... Because you committed if, to if buying I had Avengers. All, you committed to buying yes. Avengers without playing it. But the problem with Avengers is... And, and, and I know this is this is what other people have discussed... JJPs aren't as readily available on location as Stearns are. And so I've played Iron Maiden. I've played Jurassic Park. I know how Keith games play. And so it wasn't that big of a leap for me to jump to an Avengers. The only Eric Minier game I've ever played is Pirates. Well, I guess that's his only game he's ever released. But I only played it once. I played it for a while, but it was the prototype machine. They brought it to Utah for one of our uh, pinball shows that we did. And it was hard to get a feel for it and translate that to the next, like, into, because they'd already announced that they weren't going to be doing this triple spinning disc. They already announced they weren't going to do right. some of this stuff. And they made a and big so it's mistake. Like, they made a big mistake yeah. to continue to haul around the example of the tri triple spinning disc. They should have immediately sent out a replacement game. They should have. But I played it and it, it played great. It was fun. Yeah. It had a line, so I couldn't really thoroughly enjoy it as much as I could. But it was in the back of my mind, like, I'm playing this, but how much of this is going to be different here when they actually release the game? Right. And so, they also, well, one of the problems, too, is the play field on the prototype did not rock back and forth adequately. So 
I think they did themselves a disservice with not updating the prototypes because I think people felt, oh, well, this isn't even the game that I'm going to get. And so that that eroded sales, too. I agree. So I think that's the problem is like I've played plenty. I've played Keith's other two games. And so it's not hard for me to envision what his third one's going to be like, especially after seeing photos and whatnot. And it's hard with a JJP game because there's a lot of depth to these games. It's hard to play it at one setting and then get a great feel for it. I totally agree that the code is way too deep. And I'm JJP games are like a crock pot. They, they take a long time to cook and long time to experience and a long time to explore. Um, Stern games are more, uh, I don't want to say they're shallower, but I think they're less diverse in that uh, the matrix, I don't know how to describe it, that uh, flow chart that Keith always puts out uh, uh, for his games, uh, Keith, uh, Keith Johnson mm-hmm. uh, puts out for his games, and it's pretty complex. Um, Sterns don't seem to be as complex. They have certain awards, like uh, uh, Jurassic Park has the, the different awards, you know, the DNA award, all, you know, all that stuff. But it's uh, it's kind of a bonus to the game, yep. and you're still following a similar path, but it's it's a little more straightforward. So, and the other thing about Stearns too is is they you can flip them really quickly. Like if I get a game in that I don't enjoy, I I like if I decide tomorrow I want to sell turtles, I know three people in the state that would take it. No problems, no questions asked. They would just take it yeah. at, at a reasonable price, right? I, I would probably, I would either, well, I probably, probably wouldn't break even. But I mean, like you said, you, you lose a couple hundred your, bucks. You'd get your money back. You'd get Correct. your money back. With JJPs, I don't know that. You know, people, Wizard of Oz has been out for how many years now? But I see people, I see them sell for six grand. Hobbits. Hobbits were selling for how much when they came out first? I don't know anyone that will pay over six grand for a Hobbit. Mm-hmm dialed in same thing it's like you spent nine thousand dollars you're gonna be lucky if you get six to seven out of it same with willy wonka like well i I, okay i won't say that about willy wonka because willy wonka is newer and we don't have a really good timeline of of it selling granted guns and roses is a fantastic theme it's what people want pirates has really retained its value our friend joe lemire with uh the player the pinball players podcast just sold his standard with a bunch of mods on it for like 13 right and so like congratulations dude that's awesome but for the most part jjps don't have a really reputable like i don't i don't mind losing a couple hundred bucks i have a hard time losing a couple thousand dollars on a pinball machine i so. i i feel less worried about that i think guns and roses will certainly hold on to its value um yes i don't think it's going to be something that's going to change hands a lot but i think that once you do get to a certain price point, it is harder to move. I, I still feel with Wizard of Oz, it's going to you're still going to get roughly what you pay for. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, pinball's always a it's always a gamble, but I would guarantee whatever you buy on your pinball machine, you will at least get 80 to 90 percent of what you paid. Yeah, well, and it, it must be a good it's a good sign when the CE sell out in less than like four hours or whatever. Well, it's, it was. it's a great theme. So, I mean, like yeah. other themes that come out because they, when people talk about, I, I saw some people say, well, are they relevant? I'm like, well, 
they are the current 401k tour out there that people the high the highest grossing tour of all time yeah people always wanted to see them and so they were in their fight for 20 plus years and now they got back together and they put together an amazing concert my friend went to it i saw the tickets and the tickets were like 250 bucks and i thought yeah no but she went and she said no it was three hours and it was awesome and i was like oh okay well all right i i'm glad uh so i i that's why I think that they're a little more relevant because people had been wanting to see them um, like Def Leppard and Journey, you know, you know, or Motley Crue or, or all those other ones. They're still touring. Like there's not really much of a demand because you, if you miss them this year, you can see them next year. Yeah. Well, besides the whole COVID thing, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, so I, well, I okay. Think this worked. is, it worked. It worked. This this is one thing I want to point out that I'm very, very impressed with. So they actually have Slash as the co-designer for this game. And this, I think what Guns N' Roses has proven is that theme integration is just important to a certain part of the community as even gameplay. Because let's all we let's all admit this. If CE sold out in the last four hours, that means no one's played this game yet, right? You don't know how it plays. It sold solely off of theme integration. Yeah. And I guarantee it's because Slash had a hand in it. If you listen to the Super Awesome Pinball Show and the Eric interview, if you listen to uh, the Jersey Jack Pinball podcast with the Slash and Eric interview, there are so many times where they hit a road bump on licensing. My favorite one is when they're talking about uh, Live or Let Die. It's a Paul McCartney song. Live and uh, Let Die. Live and Let Die. Uh, Guns N' Roses had, had done their own version for Use Your Illusion 1 or 2. I can't remember which album it's on. Um, and it's it's almost become a Guns N' Roses staple, even though it's a Paul McCartney song. And Eric, being the orchestra nerd, wanted that song on Guns N' Roses because, you know, just everything about that song. And Eric ran into Road Bump after Road Bump with licensing. The problem is, is it's got multiple licensing. It's just not one licensor. And it it, it just had felt like a, an abandon all hope kind of situation. And he ends up talking to Slash. It, I can't remember how long they've been fighting to get this. And Slash is like, are we good to go with everything? And Eric's like, everything is set for live and let die. And, and he's like, what's the problem we're having? And he's like, Slash, we can't. It's it's Paul McCartney. Like we can't get this license locked down. And Slash is like, give me 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, they're on a three-way call. It's Slash, Paul freaking McCartney, and Eric. And they're like, yeah, this isn't a problem. Paul's like, yeah, you guys can use it. Just put it in the game. We'll, we'll get it worked out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, so, I, I don't know if it's a three-way call, but certainly uh, Slash called him and yeah, took care of it. Yeah. But still, the point being is, is like Slash wanted stuff in this game. He wanted the Gibson name. He wanted the Fender name. He wanted, you know, the Vader for the drumsticks. That there were certain licensing things that, from a perspective of, became a lot easier with Slash involved. And so, all this integration, you you can tell that someone that wants to be involved with the project and wants to see this as it went past just making a pinball machine for Slash and Eric. 
it went to full on passion project. And you could get that. Like Slash said that. It's like he wanted a game that was his. I mean, he dragged band members into the recording studio to make them record their their stuff. And just it, it's amazing. It is amazing how much theme integration there is in this game. And that's the thing about Jersey Jacks. The theme integrations are amazing. Like, look at Hobbit. Look at Wizard of Oz. It, it just, it is, that that is their shtick, right? And so, I don't know where I was going with this, but seriously, like, that's my takeaway from all this. Like, the problem is, is now they've raised the bar pretty high because they've had Slash, who was involved with the whole project, raise the bar because he could, and so where does that leave Jersey Jack on the next game? So say they do Toy Story. We saw how Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, it plays fantastic, but no one ever talks about the theme integration because you don't have scenes from the movies besides like the boat floating on the water and stuff like that. You get, you get what I'm saying here? It's, it certainly has a, an immersive theme integration. And I'm sure that there was some sort of understanding with Guns N' Roses or at least Slash that there's really only so much they could pay for the license. Um, and so that was, uh, I'm sure there was a lot more, more of Slash being involved in saying, look, we don't care. Like we don't need the money. Exactly. It, it yeah. wasn't, okay. It wasn't a money grab for them. It wasn't a Correct. pay us money for this. It was, Hey, let's make a really awesome pinball machine. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they got some money for it, but they, they could have pulled a Star Wars where it was an expensive license, and so obviously the build of materials suffered. But that, that didn't seem to be that. Now, that being said, you, if you want the LE, you're paying ten thousand dollars for it. So yeah. th- there is a lot in there, and so the build of materials does cover that. So this is me projecting. I don't have any inside information. But that's, uh, it, I, I, I think, yes, it is certainly a complete, well, immersive game. But I would say you would get a similar thing from Iron Maiden. Um, Iron Maiden did this, did the similar type thing where they were easy to work with and they, they were fully involved. But you can get that with a band who has the licensing and the artistic assets and everything all together. You can't get that with a movie. Uh, you can't get that with a lot of other things just because there are other uh, considerations to be made. And I, I agree to a point, but I just feel like this is on another level. Like, okay, just listen, just listening back to some of that stuff. I just, I feel like, I don't know, like just listening to Slash's passion for this, it got me excited for this. And really, Jersey Jack should use that to their advantage they really should i don't know if did you listen to the jersey jack jack podcast the one with slash and eric um i haven't yet i i've been working the last two weeks and so i'm a little behind in that but yeah so there's a there's a part where ken asks slash he says hey would you ever consider doing another pinball machine because you're obviously good at this and slash is like definitely sign me up Where, where can i sign up and it's like, could you imagine 
any other theme in Slash just being involved. And, and I'm not saying like he's a fantastic playfield designer, but if if you could break down boundaries and licensing that have been put up over the last decade, that could be game changer for the pinball industry. You could everyone always rants and raves about like Adam's family and how you know all the voice characters and the the integration and you know if if we're going to be honest, this is just me projecting, but like Adam's family isn't a fantastic shooting game in my opinion. Like it's a fun game, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of shoot the scoop, shoot the ramp, shoot the scoop, shoot the ramp. Mm-hmm. You don't even really have to complete the mode. You just kind of do it over and over till you complete all the modes and the, you get the wonderful, the amazing start to, you know, tour the mansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the jackpot is just amazing on that. Like there is aspects of that game that just is is fantastic. But in my opinion, there are better games nowadays that far trump Adam's family, but the love it gets is because of its theme integration. Well, the love it gets is because it's the first one that really started the mode-based games. Yeah, I guess that is true as well. So it, so. it, it was kind of a landmark. And I know uh, my friend Gary, that's his that's his go-to game and or his grail game. is He sold a Adam's Family Gold because he wants a better one. And I keep saying, I think you may just get a different game. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So, but, but in the, if you love Adam's family, awesome. Like, that's cool. Like, well, okay. Everybody has their, everybody has their, you know, their special purpose, their grail game. Right. And that's why it's, uh, that's why it's fine. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where this goes in the future. Cause this uh, this release and this level of involvement by a licensor seems uh, unprecedented in the history of pinball when it comes to the popularity of the license and uh, the integration. Uh, I agree. Is, is this a one-off? I actually kind of think this is a this is an anomaly. I don't think it's going to carry over. Um, I, I'm kind of there with you. Do, do you think the John fun- Bon Jovi is going to be as involved in his pinball machine? I don't think so. No, no. And, and we could be wrong. I don't know. So um, the the one that made me chuckle is Tim Lee. I don't know if you know Tim. He's a uh-huh. great guy. Yeah. Uh, he, I love the dude because his profile picture is of our shirt. And I, I think that's cool that someone actually enjoys us enough that they'd actually rep us on their Facebook page. And so, um, but he kind of did like a tongue in cheek, like Avengers or Guns N' Roses kind of question, you know? And um, he, he was trying to make the point of why, why do we need to f- like decide either or if you got the money and you love them both, why can't you buy them both essentially? And I totally agree with him. Why, why do we have that in this community where it's like, no, you got to buy Avengers or no, it's guns and roses. Like, no, you suck. Like it's like Adam Sandler and the little kid and Billy Madison. You remember that where he's like, Donkey Kong sucks. No Mortal Kombat sucks. No, you suck. No, you suck. You know? And I, I feel like we're kind of that point. And why can't we be the little girl from the taco commercial where she's like, why not both? And everyone then cheers. Right. So, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I understand you're going to have a, well, if you're buying one, are you, which one are you going to buy? Because I made that decision. Uh, I Guns and Roses, uh, that was the worst kept secret. Like everybody knew this yes. was coming. And even Slash said, yeah, we're making a pinball machine. So yeah. uh, that was the worst kept secret. 
the the challenges, which one do you want to buy? And my attitude is, if you really want a game, and I've said this before, if there's a Grail game out there, guess what? You'll probably be able to get it at some point. So don't kill I yourself. Agree. Pick one, try it out. If it works for you, great, hold on to it. If you don't, then sell it and move on. It's You can buy both games at some point, but I did prioritize not about Avengers, and I love it. Well, and, it, and like we've always said, if you don't know what to buy, then hold off. Like These are still going to location and whatnot. Grab your mask, grab your hand sanitizer, and go support your favorite company or your favorite arcade and or bar and go out there and play some pinball. These are going to be out there it's been too much of a hit not to be out there. So go play it and you decide if, if you can only buy one, then so be it. So, but I don't know. I have a hard time with guns and roses. We've both discussed this because it's not it's super not, family friendly. Yeah. Okay. Even though there's a family mode and Eric said that obviously there is a family mode and he has kids too. And I, I'm sure they will uh, learn uh all the swear words out there and <laughs> but i just don't want them to be on the pinball machine and, and eric said there's a big sheet when you buy the the game underneath that says this ships in family mode if you want to experience the whole game then you have to turn on the adult settings and and that's fine i just don't want someone dropping an f-bomb at me in my house so I agree. And and that that's like I said, that's the hard part for me too, is is I can't really bring it into my home and I'd want to play the full version because I would feel like I'm missing out if I'm not. And then it's just I don't know. And I know it's easy to switch back and forth. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just I don't know. I got young impressionable minds. I don't I don't want the sling plastics of the women in their bikinis and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. you all but that's you know, it's kind of like saying, do you like movies? Yeah, but not every movie is going to be um, appropriate for all audiences. And that's why they have, uh, they have that's why they have ratings. So. So I guess my point to all this, if, if you're if you're on the fence of either or go play them both, it, you don't feel don't feel obligated to pick a side. I mean, it's pinball. Like even Eric Minier said this when he came on our show a year and a half ago. He's like, any pinball is good pinball, right? Mm -hmm. Well, like even, they, they all know each other and they're all friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it's West Side Story <laughs> when they run into each other at Burger King. Or whatever. I can see that. I can see when Eric sees Keith, they just start uh, doing a, a snap dance fight. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. I think we've covered Avengers. I think we've covered Guns N' Roses. There's only a couple more things I wanted to cover. Is there is there, is there anything else you want to cover? Add to this before we move off this topic. Uh, no, I think I I think they're both hits. I, I, like I'm really happy for both of them because I think they both made exactly what they wanted to, and I think they will get a big following. Yep, I totally agree. And I I guess my last my last thing is 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 we need to stop giving companies crap for not doing what other companies are doing. Yeah. So. You know, JJP is doing what they do best, and Stern's doing what they do best. American Pinball's doing what they do best. I mean, it kind of it kind of weirds me out when we're like, "Well, they're not doing this, but JJP's doing it." And there's room versus. at the table. There's room at the table yep. for everyone. Yep. And so, they all have their shtick. Let them do it. So cool. Uh, let's talk about. I don't really want to give my personal opinion on this. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way of starting a segment. I, I don't know how to say it. Okay, what's your thoughts on the CPR Playfield 
kits. I don't know what, what to call them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about, uh, obviously there's a history of very sexual images in pinball and yes. kind of being dominated by the audience that they were trying to sell to, which was kind of young boys and men. So they pushed that, um, you know, I'm just going to p- say the stereotypical beer commercial, that image, okay. yeah. right? Yep. And so there are, you showed me these, there, there are some conversion kits out there for Harlem Globetrotters, and they're kind of in that realm. They're, they're a little bit scantily clad women. And I understand there's an audience for it somewhere, because obviously people still buy them and do that. Um, but I, it just feels a little dated. It's, um, I fully admit that there's an audience for it. I'm not the audience. And I, agree. I, I'm a little surprised that they're still making those now because it feels a little dated, but well, uh, that's just my take. The other thought I have too, is if you haven't looked at these, do go on CPR Playfields or CPR restoration, Google it. I can't remember what exactly what it is. I apologize, CPR. Um, but one it's Hollerman gold trotters is converted over to inked. It's, it's, uh, a bunch of women, tattoos you know nothing wrong with tattoos it looks kind of cool it's but it's of a, it feels like a maxim magazine though so it's not kind like, of it's not like a playboy but it's certainly um yeah it, it's certainly more on the 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 gentleman's magazine if you want to put yeah. it that way yeah put it that way um but and then the other one is that I've seen so far is for Playboy, which, I mean, if you own a Playboy, you're obviously not against this. But they came out with a Playmate one, which is like, I guess, an updated version of all the the girls in Playboy. I don't know. But what confuses me is, I don't know, maybe there are people out there. I don't think I'd want a hot pink pinball sh- machine in my collection. I mean, that's like hot pink if you look at it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's fine. Um. And it's nothing against the color pink, and and there's no commentary on a, a gender association with the color. It's just I don't like pink. I'm sorry. It's just it's yeah. So, anywho, but I don't. Playboy actually retails for a decent price, and so does Harlem Globetrotters. Would you drop three thousand dollars on one of these kits to spend how many hours? Because it, it's cabinet decals, it's it's plastics, it's a whole new playfield. It's a translate. I mean, it's a full kit. You're converting your pinball machine over to this. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I look at a lot of resale value. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just have a hard time spending 3000 on something that I don't know if I'll get the money ever out of it again. Yeah, I I can see if someone gets a, a roached one where they're interested in having this polarizing theme conversion. I could see that them wanting to do something like that. Uh, but it's kind of like having a, a car that you hot rod out. As, uh, it really has to be to your tastes. Like that's yeah. that's for you. That's not really for anyone else. And you're probably not going to get much uh, out of it when you sell it. So it, it's. Uh, I would just say this is a very limited targeted audience. Well, and I do want to know, I mean, if you guys, if anyone out there is buying one, we won't shame you or anything. I, I do really want to know if you guys are buying this because 
it seems like Scott said, it's very targeted audience. It's, um, I just don't see inked as a theme that, that, I don't know, that grabs people. I could be wrong. Don't know. Yeah. But, so, but cool. So, all right, last but not least, let's talk about our giveaway. It's been since August. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry guys. We, we've been a little behind on this. And so, we are going to uh, announce the winner of the first giveaway, and then uh, we are going to be uh, shamelessly asking for uh, shares and reviews, and we will uh, do the same thing again. So go ahead. Take it away, Josh. So we did the drawing a couple weeks ago. We pulled the name. We're not going to – like usually we do the spinning the wheel and whatnot. We're not doing that today. We're just, we pulled out a name. So if you don't remember, the contest was go to your favorite pinball place, arcade, arcade even if it's at home we wanted to support the local arcades they're they're starting to fail they're starting there's a lot of people closing doors and so you know i guess it was to help incentivize people to get out the door and and to go support those they're having a really rough time right now um and we also said if if you didn't feel comfortable doing that you could do it from your home whatever it may be we got a surprising amount of submissions it was pretty awesome a lot of people showing a lot of love for the arcades uh the one that we drew out was Glenn Watcher, I think is his name. W a e c h t e r, Watcher. Uh, that's what I'm going with. It's Glenn Watcher. I want to share a story really quick. He went to No Quarter in Nashville, Tennessee. He said this is one of his favorite places. Well, kind of. They're trying to keep location pinball alive in the middle of Tennessee. Just before the pandemic, though, the tornado hit and took out half their building they're only open temporarily right now three days a week with social distancing requirements the new building will be done in about six months but he wanted to give a shout out to no quarter in tennessee that is awesome that's so cool that you're supporting them and it sounds like they've had quite the trauma between a tornado and the pandemic so no, glenn geez. watcher yeah, we will be terrible. reaching out to you on facebook if you don't reach out to us first um but we'll reach out to you and get your swag back and get your information so and really quickly thank you thank you thank you people have been reviewing us we really appreciate it we went from like 15 reviews on the pinball database to 34 i think is what we're at right now i mean holy crap more than doubled and we're number one on pinball database right now and so it is so cool that we're at the number one pinball promoter database there on twip uh we we thank you for leaving us five-star reviews uh we appreciate the kind words um i don't know what else to put to that what what, what do you, you know, want to say scott you know okay we do this for fun i really that's the whole point of this and it means a lot to me and i know it means a lot to josh that we have been able to mean something to someone else and it, even if it's that giving you uh, an hour a little over an hour uh, every two weeks just to think about something other than all the stress that we've been dealing with in life this year. Uh, we feel very flattered and uh, humbled that people are able to spend their time with us together. And so just from the bottom of my heart, I would like to say thanks to people. And uh, we would like to continue that. Uh, obviously, having reviews helps us uh, spread our 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 tribe uh, across for people who are willing to just have a low drama pinball. Um, and so 
we would like to continue that with uh, more people. And so if you want to uh, do a review on uh, iTunes, uh, just snap a picture of your review or just send us an email that, hey, did, uh, did a review for you. Um, we'll give you, uh, if you do three reviews, like one on iTunes, uh, one on uh, This Week in Pinball, and uh, where else? Where else are we getting reviewed? I guess Josh. Android or Apple? Yeah. Did you say those two? I, I said I said Apple. Yeah. Android or sorry. Apple. Sorry. So, yeah. Um. And and this week in pinball, and then um. Okay. What is the other one? And on Facebook, if you want to uh, share share a message, uh, that's fine. Uh, we'll give people up to three uh, entries, and I got a swag bag. I've actually been buying a whole bunch of. Uh, stickers and uh, and keychains and uh, and and uh, Mrs. Pin actually uh, took uh, some of my placard things and made earrings out of them. And so, if you wear earrings, these could be for you too. So, uh, we're looking for a few. Uh, where we don't know, uh, I'll have to gather all my swag bags together, and we'll be able to send them out. But uh, make some uh, uh, make some reviews out there, and hopefully, we can uh, reach more people and just give a break in their life. And that's pretty much it. We're, we're happy with everybody who's listening and we just want to keep doing it. Yep. And, and we do ask that you leave a five-star review. We put a lot of time and effort into this to bring you guys free content, enjoyable content. I think we're the only podcast or one of the only podcasts that doesn't do a Patreon. We just, we're doing it for fun because we want, we want you guys, our audience to feel like you are sitting next to us and it's just a discussion about pinball and having fun. Uh, that is no jab at any other pod, other podcast. I think everyone does great at what they are doing. I mean, and, and really everybody has to find ways of paying the bills. I mean, there are ways that you're, you're doing it. I feel very lucky that Josh and I are, been, are have been able to self fund. And so if people find different ways of making it work, then great. I, I'm happy for them. Uh, we just do this because we like spending time and we like meeting people. So, yep. Even our friends of the podcast, they don't, even, they don't pay us anything. We just, we enjoy their product and we feel like they're people that are cool with us. And so we, we want to support them as well. Them. Yeah, we want to yeah. promote them. So, so uh, really, honestly, like Scott said, we, we between hats. Hey, by the way, we got more hats in. Oh yeah, we got, got more got, hats, shirts and other stuff. So if you're interested in one of those, please reach out. And we're looking into face masks. Um, I know... The problem was, is I know Jeff Yules told us we got to do face masks. What, when did we ha- have us on pinball profile? That was Oh, like, yeah, that was a while ago. It was I, a while ago. I think we've just been kind of overwhelmed. So just like everybody has been. So, Well, and I think the other thing, too, is like, is like, I think none of us knew how this was going to shake out in March, right? When this all went down. Yeah. And so we're like, how is this all going to work? Now that we know that masks are going to be here for quite some time, I think it's time. So we're, we're looking into it. So if, if you want a loser kid mask. Um, well, hopefully we'll get some we're, we're working on it. So ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, anyway, I feel like I'm with a bang. So, yeah. all right, uh, Josh, uh, where can they reach us if they have any questions? Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us at loser kid pinball. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah. And if you want to get a hold of us via email, we're loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate everything that you guys submit, whether it be a message or a comment. We love chit-chatting with you. 
if you want, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to Scott about this. I've been half tempted to do a Discord. Have you ever done Discord, Scott? I uh, I'm I have such limited time, so no. But if you're interested, go ahead. We might. I don't know. Uh, it's been cool. I just joined this flipping podcast. Uh, discord if you haven't joined that check that one out it's been pretty fun it's it's fun to get some people in the, the in the industry or not necessarily sorry in the community just chit chat and pinball with each other it's kind of real time chat so uh i don't know i'm kind of lazy though i don't know if i really want to do a discord okay <laughs> it's it's the upkeep <laughs> well okay this is this is you so you need to make uh you need to make the decision i'm pretty tapped out time wise I know, I know. It's seriously just setting it up. It's not that big of a deal, but it, it's, I don't know. Sure, but you have we'll to figure it out. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, I, I think that's it. Okay. So. All right, well, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, see you in a couple weeks. All right,